Hi, Christine. Hey, Miles. Welcome, everyone, to season two of Uni Life with Canvas Nottingham. We have made it through season one of our podcast, Christine. Yeah, it's pretty awesome. Did you ever think that you would be uh, here doing season two of a, a podcast, Miles? I thought so. I never knew how I'd get the editing done. So that's what we have teammates for, though. So I don't have to touch that stuff. That's true. I'm personally very excited that the podcast is continuing. I am too. But now we're like what the young people call professionals. Really? Yeah. I mean, once you go past season one, you, you're a recurring guest and you become known. Wow. Well, I do hope that UniLife with Canvas Nottingham does become more known. And I am very thankful um, to all of the people that have joined us along the journey of season one and are here to take part in season two. Oh, I completely echo that. And so, Christine, for those of us who are just joining the podcast for the first time, can you provide a brief recap of the first season? and what we can expect for this upcoming season. So last season, I feel like we had a, a pretty good mixture of people on the podcast. We covered various different topics. Um, I think some that stand out in my mind are hearing from a few students or alumni from Canvas uh, Nottingham and um, I guess we heard I get from like a handful of them, actually. And those were really great. We also heard from a few professionals on the topics of mental health and um, hard things to talk about, like uh, shame. And uh, it was a good mixture, I think. And this season, something that we talked about as we are planning it is we just want to continue to provide valuable content for the students and people who are listening to this podcast and ways in which we're going to try to be intentional about doing that this time around is by um, mentioning different resources that we will have looked into um, that we can share um, with our listeners and also maybe provide some practical tips or things um, that our listeners can implement themselves. And so I think that will be really good, exciting, new, and I'm looking forward to the challenge. Same here. Uh, I think it will be a really great season uh, and there's a lot of fun things to look forward to. Definitely. Yeah. So Christine, um, so you've been back in the UK for about six months now. How have you been experiencing the past few weeks, uh, the first couple weeks of 2021? Wow. Well, I love a good fresh start, so I'm excited that it's a new year. I think this new year is interesting because there's so much of last year that was challenging for many of us. And so uh, starting the new year here in Nottingham in lockdown was definitely, I think, expected in a lot of ways and also difficult um, to feel like it's a just a continuation kind of of what so much of last year held. And so 
Yeah, I have honestly found the past couple of weeks difficult. Um, We've been working from home full time and I was in America during the first lockdown back in March. And so I kind of missed that whole experience. So this is kind of the first time around for me. And um, yeah, overall, I find change really difficult. So I am slowly but surely coming to terms with what this, you know, another new normal or, um, you know, new season of life looks like and trying to figure out how I can best navigate it. Yeah. So how has being in the same location for like 23 hours a day been? Yep. It has uh, been boring at times and can feel monotonous. I described it to a friend the other day. Life can sometimes feel like a gray like blob, just like one formless, shapeless, colorless thing that just, it's very hard to differentiate between days and weeks and moments. Just so much of it feels the same. Um, And so, yeah, it can definitely feel boring and lonely at times. And yeah, it's crazy that this is the first time I have ever experienced something like this. And it definitely feels that way. So to those listening, one thing that's very different for us this time around is like we're working from home exclusively. Like this is like our last spring. And a big part of our job then is interacting with people and uh, communicating with people, having our interest groups, small groups, all that stuff uh, online. So how has being on a screen for a lot of your day been this term? I mean, it's so unenjoyable. I don't enjoy it at all. And I, I mean, my eyes are tired. My brain feels tired. I am just, yeah. I think one of the things I've been thinking about over the past few weeks is like how to show up um, and do my best in a season where I don't enjoy, you know, like whatever the circumstance is. So for me right now, that's, you know, doing my job on a computer all day. And still, I think that there's, I can do my, try my best in that situation. And so just trying to navigate now what that looks like. I think that's really refreshing to hear because I think so often people are like, oh, it's fine. It's not a big deal. And it's sort of like, no, like there is a grief. There is a loss there. Yeah, definitely. I miss seeing people on a regular basis so much. I feel very disconnected at times from um, just like humanity, not even like a specific sector of my community, but just like people in general. It's easy to feel disconnected as a whole. Um, So, yeah, I hope that us all being here and listening to this together can provide a moment of connection while we're separated. Uh, And in this week's episode, we're talking about rest and like finding rest like during this difficult season. But do you think this is just exclusive to the COVID season or is are there other parallels from your life that you can resonate with? I think resting in general is hard. I think a lot of times we equate rest to weakness. And I think we as people don't like to be weak. 
we like to be strong and independent and, um, you know, rest just doesn't really go well with that, I think, in many of our minds. And so I think in seasons that are difficult and stressful, such as this one or many others that each of us have faced along the way, I think they are particularly make it particularly difficult to rest um, for many different reasons. And so something that I, it's a simple idea, I think rest is um, in some ways. And also, you know, it's hard to tap into at certain times. And so I think that's why we wanted to talk about it today is just, how to rest and prioritize rest and take steps towards resting in the midst of seasons that are difficult and don't really lend themselves to rest. Yeah, I I think that was excellent. I just want to highlight like what you said, like we sometimes view rest as weakness and um, it's not. It's so, so necessary. It's built into how we work as people. Yes. And, and I think like it may be that we are in some ways, I don't think needing rest shows that we're weak, but even if it were a weakness, it's okay to be weak and be in need at times. Like that's how we were made. And so we were made to need to rest. That is just Mm -hmm. how we were created, I think. And so, yeah, I think one thing to just reiterate is that it's something that we all need and to encourage everyone to, to press into that rather than to avoid it. So from your journey of learning how to rest better, um, what is like some of the steps that you've gone through to be able to start finding rest, even when life is difficult and hard? Yeah. So for me, I mean, there are many different kinds of rest, right? Because You can rest like physically, emotionally, mentally, spiritually, and all of that is like a connected tank, you know, four separate things kind of, but all intertwined working together in our one body. And so I think that for me, one of the um, most practical ways to take a step and rest in these difficult situations is to try to prioritize my sleep. I think um, that is, you know, not always easy. Like I know a lot of people struggle with being able to sleep sometimes, um, but I think just taking steps towards trying to prioritize sleep. And what I mean by that is, Um, setting yourself up well for sleeping, going to bed early, um, giving yourself plenty of time to have a good night's sleep, um, I think is one practical step that I have tried to take in the area of rest. Oh, I think that's really great because like I notice when I sleep more, I feel better physically, but I also have like my emotional health improves. Like I just feel much more patient with people. Like it's a cumulative uh, effect, as you said, like those connected tanks, like it's like, yeah, you physically feel better, but it will impact other ways as well. 
Yeah, there are quite a few ways, I think, um, that we can assess how rested we are. There are some maybe flags that we can point out in our lives that help us notice um, when we're not rested. And I think before taking part in rest, we kind of need to to take ownership and be aware of the fact that we need rest, right? And some of those things are more physical. Um, so we can show up and be irritable or we're impatient. Um, I'm sure many of us are experiencing this one now, an inability to concentrate um, when it just feels like your brain is tired. Um, there are others that uh, I've read from Pete Scazzaro in his book, Emotionally Healthy Spirituality, which focuses more on our emotional and spiritual and mental tank. Um, some of those are the way that he talks a lot about the way we show up with other people. So, um, you know, if we're noticing that we're blaming other people often or um, in postures of like attacking others, giving other people the silent treatment, becoming very sarcastic, um, you know, say one thing to someone to their face and say another thing behind their back. You know, all of these are are different ways um, that I think we show up in ways that are not our, the best version of ourselves. And I think we typically do that when we're tired or our rest is depleted. Those tanks are lacking. Um, and so, yeah, I think starting by talking about it and a, kind of doing a self-assessment of how am I, like what, what tanks are depleted, what am I noticing that is coming from my lack of rest, and then uh, then we can kind of go from there. Yeah, like these are the symptoms of something being off in the system. Totally. And then we can diagnose and be like, okay, what what tank is depleted right now? Where am I not being refilled? Yeah, definitely. So, okay, I'm tracking with you so far. So we have our like self-assessment where we're like finding these areas where where we're not showing up in whatever ways um, to the best of our ability or to the fullest extent of ourselves. So talking about how we are doing and how we're feeling is important, but what's like the next step in the process from this? Um, I think the next step is ownership. Uh, we all have 24 hours in the day. And so often I can think of times when I or somebody I've been talking to has been talking about something that was important, maybe a thing that they needed to do or whatever. And, and their comment about it was like, I just didn't have time, so I didn't do it. I'm sure most people listening can relate to moments of that for themselves. And there are times when we really don't have time for certain things, I think. And there are other times when we don't make time for certain mm. things. And I think that differentiating between those two and not allowing our default setting to be, oh, I didn't have enough time. Because what that communicates is like, there's no personal responsibility. Like, the lack of time was the problem. When really, most times, I think it's a lack of ownership. It's like, I... 
I didn't sleep enough last night because I didn't prioritize sleep above other things. And so therefore I didn't make enough time to get a good night's sleep rather than saying like, oh, I didn't sleep enough because I didn't have enough time to like, does that make sense? Oh, that makes perfect sense. I really like that. It's like, I chose not to make time for something. Like I chose to watch Netflix until two o'clock and then get up at seven o'clock and not get a good night's sleep. That was a choice instead of, oh, I didn't sleep well last night because I didn't have time to sleep well. Yeah. Yeah. I think the ownership piece is so important to then realizing like, oh, I'm in control of you know, certain elements of this rest. And I can, to the best of my ability, try to take part in controlling the, the, the things in my life that I can control. And what are those things? And what am I going to prioritize? And how am I going to um, allow rest to be part of that? I mean, I like that a lot because during these difficult seasons, it's so often we feel like we're out of control. Like think about COVID or like other very hard times in our life. It's easy to count all the things that we don't control. Like when will things get better? When will things improve? And we don't have the answers for all of that, but we can step into certain things in our lives. Definitely. And they talk about how, you know, we all make time for things that are important to us. And I think rest should be something that is important to all of us because it is something that we all need. And so, yep, this is a a moment to pause and assess, I guess, for each one of us, like, is, is rest important to us? And is the way that I'm choosing to live my life a reflection of that importance? Yeah. And that self-discipline, like you're talking about, can be hard during these times, but so important. Oh, yeah, definitely. When I'm tired, I find it so much more difficult to then rest. But then it becomes this cycle of like becoming more tired and less disciplined and less rested. And so at some point in time, it I think we just have to take one step, like ask ourselves, like, what's one thing that I can do today to like, get this momentum headed in the right direction. I like that. It's like the first step in the mountain. It's like, don't worry about all the way in the future. Like just take this one step today. Um, And so with that being said, like earlier, you mentioned these different tanks, like the physical tank, the mental tank, the emotional tank. So what are some specific ways that we can take that first step in like the physical tank, let's say? Yeah, I think those are kind of the basics. So sleep is one that we've talked about. Um, I read on several, um, you know, looking up lists that different medical professionals and um, medical schools have posted, you know, articles. And a lot of them um, first encourage, like, when you need rest to remove the stressor. Um, And I think that's interesting in this season because – so much of our circumstances is out of our control or feels out of our control because of COVID, because of lockdown, because of working from home, having to do uni on a screen all day. You know, so many of those things are outside of our control. And so it's just extra important then for us to focus on what we can control, um, which are the other things in their list. Um, and so, yeah, eating well. 
prioritizing getting seven to nine hours of sleep every night um, for our age range. Um, limiting alcohol was another one that they talked about because it can negatively affect our sleep, which I thought was interesting. Um, and also can just leave you feeling more down and depressed than before you drink it. Um, exercise, that's been a huge one, I think, um, for a lot of people in the past year, just realizing how valuable it is to get outside, move your body, breathe fresh air. It doesn't have to be anything. You don't need to do a HIIT workout or go run 12 miles. You can do really something simple, like go for a 45 minute walk or a 15 minute walk or, you know, do some stretching in your bedroom or whatever. I think um, all of those are very uh, accessible ways that we can rest physically and fuel our tank. Oh yeah. And ex I think that's the key point is like, it's so easy to think about like all the things I can't do with this. Like, oh, I'm not a runner or I'm not a bicyclist. Like I can't do this exercise. And it's like, no, just going outside for 30 minutes to an hour for a walk, like makes such a difference. Like all the scientific proof, like says, just getting your heart going a little bit, like all those endorphins start to come in. Uh, and along the same lines, like if you're not the healthiest eater, like just try to add one of your five a day, like this week, like maybe like, oh, I'll add some carrots into this meal instead of um, eating something that's fried or something. It's just those tiny little steps, like along the way, make a world of difference in the long haul. Yep. I think another thing worth mentioning is sometimes I think rest and sleep are kind of used interchangeably, but they're completely different. Like sleep is you're inactive, you know, you're not doing anything. Whereas rest a lot of times is about what you are doing that is fueling your body well, like eating good things or like even sweating, you know, when you exercise, like Sometimes I think we can think rest is about like vegging out and watching Netflix and just shutting off our brain and scrolling for hours. But I think a lot of times um, what makes us actually end up feeling rested is choosing to um, take part in activities that are beneficial to us, not that are, you know, mindless and inactive. Yeah, it's like the activities that leave us more replenished at the end. It's like so seldom if you spend an entire day or night watching Netflix, do you feel better at the end of that night? It's like that isn't the solution a lot of the times. Exactly. Um, and so we've talked about some of the physical steps. What are some of the emotional steps that we can take in becoming healthier people? I think this one comes down to different things work for different people. It may be um, you're more introverted or more extroverted. And so I think some of these could replenish your tank differently depending on who you are as a person. Um, some of them include a silence and solitude, having time alone, quiet, by yourself. Um, for others, it could be talking to a trusted friend or companion or somebody that you can you know, be vulnerable with and emotionally share with and feel safe around. 
Um, for other people, I thought this one was really interesting when I read it. Um, they talked about doing something outside of your comfort zone. And I just thought that was a really interesting way that we don't really talk about resting or having a tank replenished by, you know, growing. But I do think that there is, I can definitely relate to, um, experiences that I've had that have given me, you know, made me feel more alive by doing something outside of my comfort zone. So I don't think it's for everyone, but it could be for some. Um, and then other is uh, just choosing to emotionally engage in grieving losses when we experience them. And I think that's something really important to note in this season. Um, there's such a tension, right, in the time that we're living because we're in some ways, grieving losses, you know, or at least experiencing a loss daily, things that we once could do that we can't do anymore, that we wish we had access to that we don't. And at the same time, like, we don't want to wallow in all of the negatives, like there are still good things to experience in the season, even with so much loss. And so I think it's trying to hold those two things in tandem, pressing into our disappointment and loss, experiencing those sad, low feelings, and also on the other side, choosing to focus to and look for and highlight and talk about the good, beautiful, wonderful parts of life that we still have access to. Oh, I think that's so excellent because I think it's easy for a lot of us to just be like, oh, I don't have the emotional energy or effort or time to unpack these emotions that are going on right now. So I'm just going to shove them away. Like when things get better, then I'll like think about those things. But I remember in the autumn, I listened to this podcast from this woman named Brene Brown and she had like these two doctors on and they talked about how we can sometimes get stuck in these emotional tunnels. Like if we don't feel the emotion that's going on with right now, we just get exhausted from it. And it like impacts all areas of our life, like our emotional health, our mental health, our physical health. And we'll show symptoms in these other areas because we're just stuck in these emotions because we never experienced them. Yep. I completely can relate to that. Yeah. And so I definitely encourage you to make the time for that because it is going to make you feel better in the long run, even if it's momentarily unpleasant. If you sometimes associate um, emotions like negative, quote unquote, emotions with unpleasant experiences. Um, and then uh, the final area we're going to talk about is the spiritual and mental um, aspect. Um, so, Christine, do you have any thoughts on how we can find rest in this area? I think so much of rest in the spiritual and mental um, areas of our life come from slowing down and um, intentionally engaging, being fully present with ourselves and taking an internal assessment of what's going on in my mind, in my body, in my soul. And mindfulness is um, something that can be practiced in many different ways and is something that allows us to rest, I think, mentally and spiritually. Some specifics that we can partake in mindfulness um, or ways that you can do that is a yoga 
which is not for everyone, but Miles has definitely led us in some yoga uh, with Canvas over the years, which has been really fun. Uh, probably not very traditional, but still very fun and entertaining. Um, breathing exercises is another one. Going for a walk um, and just allowing, I think sometimes when we're doing something physical that is easy, it allows us to kind of engage our mind and kind of think through our thoughts. Um, journaling is another great one to uh, process and allow your thoughts to get out of your head and down on paper. And then meditation is another example of mindfulness. And all of those are great ways, I think, that we can choose to prioritize rest mentally and spiritually. Oh, yeah, I completely agree. Like, these are all areas that I've taken steps in the past three to four years. And I've just noticed it makes a world of difference to have the space to do these things. And so Christine's actually going to lead us in a second in something a little bit different that we've never done before on the podcast. We're going to practice these exercises. So Christine, take us away. So before we get started, I think just to reiterate one thing we said initially is that we want to take more steps in providing practical ways to maybe try out or implement some of the things we talk about on the podcast this uh, term, this season. And so if you choose not to partake in this last part of um, meditation, or if you do, I would just encourage you to ask yourself, um, maybe go back and listen to the list of ways that we can choose to rest. And I would encourage you to just choose one um, and try that one out um, maybe a few times the next week and then pause at some point in time and reflect on how that made you feel. Um, but today we're going to just go, I'm going to walk you through a short, uh, simple meditation. There are lots of different ways um, and methods to meditate. And um, so, yeah, this is just going to be a few minutes. I think so much of what we have going on can make us feel overwhelmed at this point in time in life. And so I think this will be a great opportunity for us to just take a few minutes together to pause, to be still, to be quiet, and to be mindful of what's going on. So first, I would encourage you to go find a quiet place to sit. And wherever that is, I would encourage you to get comfortable. For some people, focusing on a word during meditation is helpful, a word that they can come back to and allow their mind to rest on. One that I would recommend today would be the word rest. If you find that helpful, great. If you prefer to just allow your mind to wander, that's also totally fine. So we're going to start by taking five deep breaths. In your nose and out your mouth. 
And as you finish those five deep breaths, allow your eyes to close. Begin to check in with yourself. Take note of how you're feeling, what you're sensing in your body. Begin to focus on your breath. Next, I would encourage you to observe your thoughts. Allow them to come and go. Try to avoid controlling them or reacting to them. And again, if it's helpful, feel free to revisit the word that you chose at the beginning. And we're just going to spend a few minutes in silence.
All right. Begin to become more aware of your surroundings. Maybe wiggle your fingers and toes, open your eyes. I hope that that experience was restful and relaxing for you. If it was, feel free to go back to this episode at any point in time and fast forward to the end and we can walk you through. And um, I think that that's it. Thanks so much for listening. Yeah. And thank you, Christine, for leading us through that. And thank you all for listening to our first episode of the second season. Again, as Christine said, we just encourage you to take one step this week um, in whatever way that looks like. The first podcast discussion is on the 1st of February at half 12. You can find the Zoom link on our social media pages. So come join in and share your thoughts on what you find restful and how you experience rest in your lives. Um, Just a friendly reminder that new episodes drop every Wednesday for the podcast. So come back and check your feed every Wednesday. And you can follow us on social media at Canvas Nottingham. It's at Facebook and Instagram. And that's also the uh, place that you can stay up to date with what's going on with Canvas and be a part of our community. So make sure to check us out there. Thanks for joining us. Bye. Bye.